I was out a quarter million dollars for almost a year and a half. And that was my first experience uh, selling SPF because I wasn't ready and I did it anyway. This is the Real Construction Owners Podcast. What's going on everyone? Justin Ledford here. I'm the host of Real Construction Owners Podcast, where we interview multi-million dollar owners of construction companies so you can go from being stressed out as an operator to becoming a real owner who achieves healthy profit margins and more importantly, a thriving business without having to figure it all by yourself. Today, we have a very special guest, Mr. Jonathan Sherwood. He's in charge of roofers, helping roofers. He's a successful roofing contractor himself, and he's adding massive value into the industry by teaching contractors how to land large commercial roof deals. And he has a turnkey process to get you started winning these bigger deals quickly. More importantly, he has a faith-based view on life and business, and that I believe you'll find very interesting. If you listen all the way to the end, you'll get to hear the lessons that he learned that ended up costing him $250,000 on one job. You're definitely going to want to hear this, so stay tuned. What's up, Jonathan Sherwood? How you doing today? Good, man. How are you? Man, I'm truly blessed and highly favored. I want to welcome you to Real Construction Owners Podcast. Where are you calling from today? Uh, out of Rockwall, Texas, about 45 minutes outside of DFW, and really appreciate the opportunity uh, to be on the show today. Looking forward to it. Yeah, man. Rockwall, that's got a lot of lakes, got hunting. What are some fun things to do out there? What do you like about yeah, it? So, uh, we, we live on uh, Lake Ray Hubbard, so we're big into uh, the wake surfing. Uh, get, keep the boat in a slip just a few minutes from the house and try to get out a few times during the week and, uh, and on the weekends. And We've been psyched. We've been already out several times this year. We're finally back at it. We lost a year. Um, so it's good to be back on the water again. Nice, man. When you come to Austin, let me know. We'll take the boat out. And same for me. If I come to Rockwell, I'll hit you up. Yeah, good thing, so, so I've been following you for a minute. I see you doing big things and you're helping roofing contractors land these big jobs. Talk to our audience, real construction owners who are looking to make more money, who are looking to become more of an owner, delegate things more. How could you help them? Yeah, so so it's a great question. And just giving a little bit of backstory on, on how on how it came to be so uh, they can get a good picture depicted of what we're talking about. So Roofers Hub and Roofers was never planned. Uh, it was completely organic. Been in the industry for, for a while now, about 15 years. Um, had roofing company, sold roofing company to regional operations manager, John Mansville, been through all the different positions that you can be in it and got to the point where I just had such a heart and passion for the industry that I was just helping individuals. Uh, they'd FaceTime me on roofs. I'd help them out with subs. I'd answer questions. I'd key them up with uh, good distribution or manufacturing. Sometimes I'd put on their shirts, help them close the deals. And then before I knew it, people just started hashtagging me roofers helping roofers. Still wasn't a business or anything like that. Then on the conference circuit, everybody would always be like, what is roofers helping roofers? And it just <laughs> organically exploded. And now it's a full uh, commercial consulting platform that has a full day quick start and then a year 
where you have access to us, a file vault with everything they would possibly need as far as document documentation and information. And then we also help with contract procurement and fulfillment uh, all across the United States. And if we can't, we set people up at their marketplace. And the key is to duplicate ourselves so they can actually grow within their own market and really kind of take over the commercial space and make it profitable to them. So the great thing about it is, you one, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, right? So everybody's yep, yep. like, I want to do commercial. I've heard it all the time. How do I get in commercial? I want to do commercial. They stay in the residential, but they don't really want to dip their toes into the commercial. They may get the one-off or they did the guy's house. Hey, come do my standalone business or something happens. They'll work their way into an apartment complex on some shingles, but they're really not trying to go full broad into it because one, it's expensive. And two, the sales cycle takes a lot longer. And if you begin to pull your guys away from what they're doing, that's bringing in the cash flow from the residential, it can be very detrimental to the cash flow of the business, which you're going to need it because you got to burn some money to appropriately get into commercial. So what we've done is we've put together the entire playbook so that you don't have to pay any dumb tax and spend a bunch of money. The reality is I'm just not really good at what I do. I just made so many mistakes that now I know exactly what I'm doing. So we've set it up to where those guys don't have to make those mistakes. And we show them everything from how to market to HOA companies, property management companies, multifamily investors, uh, different organizations, standalone owner operated businesses, other subcontractors that they want to, churches, the list goes on and on, right? Because you market to each of those individuals different. And once you've captivated an audience with them and you have an opportunity to do an inspection, gathering the data correctly, putting together comprehensive line item proposals, manufacturers, uh, information brochures, sample warranties, uh, tangible products that the, they can see, and then how to actually get the ink on the contract and how to use leverage with the individual that you're doing business with to where you're not really having to sell real hard, but you're solving a problem and it's basically your job to lose. Well, that's great once all that has happened and you get that going, then it's getting the roofs on, getting them on appropriately, making sure they're just specification and not just having to rely on a guy like myself or another sub, but really having the ability to build it out to whatever you want to build it out to. Maybe you want to get your own coding division. Maybe you want to get some people on your staff and you want to get certified in the products as well. So it's really made to watch the individual win. It's a minimal investment in the long game. One roof more than pays for itself and it alleviates all this dumb tax. And then the file vault, all your commercial contracts, MSAs, uh, maintenance programs, marketing propaganda, it's all editable. They just doc doctor it, put their logo on it and bam, it's good to go. So we just lay it out for them and just speed up the, just speed up the sales cycle very, very quickly to help them start packing the pipeline and really get into the commercial. And we haven't had anybody that hasn't, got commercial roofs going since the program yet man that's impressive let's unpack that a little bit so you started by just wanting to add value to the industry yeah. and when you start by doing that when you come from a servant heart first there you're bound to receive blessings and yeah. that's i mean i've been seeing people that are in the industry who are like jonathan sherwood roof and help roofers helping roofers and they're on this giant roof you know, landing these massive projects and all thanks to you, they would have never known how to maybe knock the door or what to say, or, you know, got in the door, but because they had that platform, it seems like it's beneficial. So kudos to you, dude, kudos yeah. for creating that. Appreciate it. What's the, uh, what's the goal? Like what's, what's, what's next for you? Oh, man. Well, the number one goal is just uh, having an opportunity to be used by God to touch the lives of others and uh, watch them win. And, you know, it's funny because 
Dropping bombs right there. Yeah, being a Christian, I always wanted to make sure that I fulfilled the call, the plan, the purpose, and the destiny on my life. And I felt like I had missed the mark because I ended up a businessman and I really wanted to be an evangelist. And I ended up a businessman. And because of that, I felt like I missed the mark. I had kind of uh, not turned my back on the Lord, but just was like, okay, I'm just going to be a businessman. I'm not going to touch anybody's lives. It's whatever. And then I realized that when I stopped being selfish and was living on God's term, that my ministry was my career. And in this, I've got to talk to so many people about recovery and my faith, and regardless of what their beliefs are and have an impact in their lives. And most of it is just by sharing my experience, hope and strength on the things that I've been through and what I've recovered from and, and kind of what's going on. Well, I had made kind of a goal and a promise. And I was like, you know, God, if I ever get successful enough where you have me moving around multi-millions of dollars, I'm going to do whatever it is you want me to do. And I'm not going to charge anybody for it. Well, we're on getting ready to do our third event that what's stopping you has nothing to do with scaling or monetization or any type of monetary compensation, everything to do to spark the fire inside of people to change from whatever may be stopping them. It could be addiction. It could be relational. It could be anything that they're struggling with. Right. And there's zero ticket prices. We got great speakers and stuff and we're getting ready to do our third one. It's like, I'm getting to watch him do everything he told me he was going to do, but do it his way and not my way. So what all I want to do right now is just, you know, people always say, get out of God's way. Right. So you can do what he's doing. I want to stay in his way. So I'm in line with him so I can ride out what he's doing in my life. So all I really care about right now is being super intentional with what he has going on and just being obedient on what he tells me to do. And then me staying out of my own way so that I can stay in the way of God. Man, bro, I just got chills, almost a tear. Like seriously, you have, I, I'm, I'm right in line with you. Once you make it to a certain level of success in life, it's not about the money anymore. It's about the impact and it's about lifting people up with you. And that's why we're on this together. I'm thrilled to have you on the call because more contractors need this. More contractors need to not just focus on business, kids, wife. It needs to be, you know, God, wife, kids, business. And when you prioritize it properly, that's when we receive these blessings. So go on. Well, when you have, when you, when you, when you make this life changing money, if you're not right in here, then it empowers you and it gives you a lot of freedom to do things that can be real strongholds in your life, regardless of what your belief system is. It has nothing to do with Christianity. If you drink a lot, it can mess up your life. It can mess up your marriage. It can mess up your relationship with your kids. It can mess up your mortal body and your health. You know, if you have a bunch of resources and you're struggling with, you know, uh, faithfulness with your wife or your serious girlfriend, whatever it may be, it can lead to affairs, infidelity, different things like that. So it's like, if you're not right in your heart and you have that life-changing money in those resources, it empowers and gives you freedom to negatively adversely affect your life. But if you're right inside, it gives you power and freedom to be intentional with your family, to help yourself, to help those directly that you love and then those indirectly and indirectly around you. So I think, you know, one of the key components of that is just really being healthy and really it just comes down to loving yourself. I mean, you can't love anybody else until you love yourself. And I learned that the hard way.
Amen, man. That's why we started Real Construction Owners Mastermind. I bring men together and we have a one sheet where we go to Montana, Costa Rica, we go on hunting trips and we talk about our spirituality. We talk about our business. We talk about our family. We talk about our health. And then we have accountability calls weekly because we as men need that. We are lion, not sheep. Talk about that for a little bit, that hat you're wearing. What are some big takeaways you've learned from that group? So I really like the uh, lions, not sheep. And I've had uh, several different opinions uh, given to me on it. And uh, really, you know, what it comes down to is, and I also had to learn this the hard way. It's really about what you feel and you believe and your relationship with your God and the kind of individual that you are based off of that, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, when I originally, when I originally saw it, I thought, and what it reminded me of, you know, is a lot of time in Christianity, they will uh, talk about, you know, Jesus as a lion and, yeah. you know, lion, lion of the tribe of Judah. And that, you know, they'll also talk about the enemy as a lion. And that's something that's been kind of, uh, brought back to my attention is like you know the word talks about that the enemy is like a, a prowling lion roaming around to see who he, he can devour but for me really what it meant and what i what i gravitated to is during and this is my opinion and some people are probably not going to agree with me and that's okay i still love them but i felt like what was going on as people we would be treated like sheep you know it's like put your mask on stay here do this and I didn't really believe it was what they were portraying it to believe. Was there an illness? Yes. Did it take the lives of some people? Yes. That's sad. It, it, I know some people took the lives of, I see it take the lives of elderly. I see it take the lives of men that were in fantastic health, younger me. And it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. But those are questions that I'll have to ask God that I don't really know the answers to. But I had made the decision that I was not going to be a sheep. Mm. And that I was going to be a lion and that I was going to stand for what it was that I believed, regardless of what was going on around me and regardless of the way that people were trying to uh, persuade me or make me feel a specific way. And that's where I gravitated on. I was like, I'm going to make a stand. I'm going to be a leader of what is right, not a follower of what is wrong. And I'm, I'm going to be a lion and I'm not going to be a sheep. And I just really enjoyed it started buying the hats. And that's really what it was for me. It happened during COVID. And we started doing lots of stuff to help people in COVID, giving out toilet paper, giving out uh, gift cards, just really trying to do things. I mean, we did it every single day for a couple of months. We gave out $200 grocery gift cards and like bags of toilet paper. And we were just doing things and making moves. And I was still traveling and I was really just kind of pushing it to the limits. And yes, I put myself in jeopardy. And yes, I did get COVID and it got me for about 17 to 20 days. Uh, but I didn't feel the unction in my spirit to stop doing what I was doing. And we look at it now and it's kind of fizzled out. Maybe they'll come up with another round who knows what they're up to or not. But for me, that's really what it meant to me. But then I was given another opinion on it by a man that I really uh, respect and also a fellow Christian. He talked about how they use the enemy in, in the word in Christianity as, as kind of being a lion. And he, and he didn't feel that uh he didn't have the same belief system me on it but that didn't matter to me because it's what it meant to me but he was saying more that we should be shepherds and he had a very very good point because he talked about how jesus was a shepherd and how he kept all the sheep together and we should be sheeps and not lions so i felt like there's a lot of validity in the way that he was presenting it too and then there was the validity of me in the way that i felt about it all in all though i don't think anybody's wrong you know i think what the craziest thing that goes on in my opinion is people have their belief systems whether they're Christian, Islam, Buddhist, atheist, Satanist, doesn't matter, whatever it is, right? 
And we get so caught up on believing that our way is the right way, right? Well, the one thing that I do know, it doesn't matter what belief system you are, people get healed by love. If you yep. love on somebody when they're hurting and they are not loving your, their self, it doesn't matter who it is, what their belief system is. That's what changes the lives of others. And we get so caught up in a spirit of religion. Oh, my God, my God, that we allow what's supposed to be love. No matter what yep. religion you look at, it's still love and yep. how you treat other people. And we allow it to breed disconnect and discord. So that's why I always try to be very intentional and open minded. Say, hey, John, your way is not the right way. It's just your way. And your way tells you to love. So why would you not love somebody because they have a different belief system than you? So I think it's really important, but that's not to go on a tangent, but that's what it meant to me during the COVID is when I picked up on it. And that's kind of the way I went with it. Hey, bro, you can go off off the road because that's an important subject. You know, it's COVID one day, it's a, a war another day, it's a financial collapse another day. It's always something on the TV. We turn that stuff off. We don't let our kids, you know, get raised by, you know, the smartphone or the smart TV. Like, like you said, we're intentional with what we're teaching and what we're let into this house. We have to protect our spirit. We have to protect our next generation. So with that being said, let's uh, switch gears a little bit and talk to our audience. Uh, tell us a story about an experience you had where in your heart, this customer, you just knew you maybe shouldn't have took on the job, but you ended up taking it on. And it was a risky job. Maybe you lost, maybe you didn't lose, but you had heartache from that job. Tell us that story and what you learned from that project. All right. So I'm going to expose myself a little bit here uh, with some full transparency. And then there was a time in my career where I could not tell this story because I was embarrassed by it. And there was a time when I treaded lightly and only told a few people. And now there is a time where I use it and all the people I encounter in my co coaching platform to teach them about liability and how important it is to be dialed in and know what you're doing in commercial. So I'm going to go ahead and tell the story. Let's um, go. I'm not going to say any names of, uh, of the business, but it's Fortune 500 company, national, everybody knows about it, hotel chains, and it was in a very uh, large downtown city. But uh, when I was first getting into the uh, foam and coatings industry, I had some experience with high pressure fluids on the coating side, but I didn't know a lot about the spray polyurethane foam. And that's a real animal and that's a conversation probably for another time. But if you don't understand it, it's not good just to jump into it. Make sure that you get with somebody that knows what they're doing. So I had this uh, high rise hotel in the middle of downtown and one of the largest uh, roofing companies uh, in the state I was working in and in the nation was right about to procure the contract. Well, I had came in there and I undercut the job significantly. And I was able to take the contract from them. And I had not done a SPF job yet. And I had a guy that was a rep for me uh, for a high pressure fluid company that sold foam and coatings. And he branched off to get a rig. And he's like, and he'd been my rep for a long time. I bought a lot of silicone from him. We had a relationship. He's like, hey, I'm great at, sp at spraying foam. It's all good. And I'm thinking, man, I've known this guy for years. There's no way he doesn't know what he's talking about here. So yeah, let's, let's do it. Well, it was to scarify some existing foam and then remove and replace some failing fluted metal deck on a high rise, buildings all around it, mirrors all around the, or windows oh, no. all around those buildings. Everybody can oh, see no. what's going on in oh, downtown. No. And uh, we get up there and we're working on it and we're getting the scarifying and we're finding probably about a thousand square feet of completely rusted fluted metal deck. So obviously the right thing to do is 
uh, remove and re replace. I call in really good metal sub that I knew. He does the remove and replace. We got no weather in the forecast. And uh, the guys, I was like, hey, we need to, we need to dry this in temporarily. Oh, it's going to be okay. Pop-up storm comes. Oh, no. Floods the entire hotel 10 stories down. Goes oh, to the God. center, shorts out all the pre-cores, all the treadmills, drops all the acoustic ceiling tiles on people while they're eating, goes oh, into no. their office portion of the hotel, shorts out all their computers, making all the paint. I'm talking about a flood. Making all the paint come off the walls. And they come up to me and they said, we're getting ready to put a lawsuit on you. And we have a wedding tomorrow. What are you going to do? So we worked all through the night to get one floor ready uh, for this wedding and the paint's still wet as the sun's coming up and everybody's getting ready to have this wedding on this one floor. And we're like, don't touch the walls. And then I had a real beast of having my carrier for general liability pay for it. I was out a quarter million dollars for almost a year and a half. And that was my first experience uh, selling SPF because I wasn't ready and I did it anyway. Well, now I told you all that. I'll tell you how it ended up. So I'm, I'm scrambling. This guy, he takes off. The guy that's putting the foam takes off, leaves me with a flooded building, never to be seen again. Still to this day. This is a long time ago. Wow. And uh, I'm looking for somebody to, uh, to, to help me with it. And I end up getting a gentleman uh, an hour or so away. And he shows up. And I'll never forget. He just looks at me, an older gentleman, been doing it like 30 plus years. He goes, boy, you got kicked in the dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He just, uh, shaking his head, old cowboy. And I'm like, oh, man. And he goes, well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to help you. And he goes, I'm going to tell you this. He goes, you're going to finish this job and you're probably never going to touch this stuff again. Or you're going to finish this job. You're going to learn about this product and it's going to make you rich. We'll see what happens to you. Guy ended up becoming one of my mentors and that was years and years ago. And we still do business together. And obviously you can see, see, see what happened. But that was my sneak peek into the into the foam and fluid game and that was a real beast and it took a year and a half before i got the carrier to reimburse for all the monies uh that we had to take care of to get that taken care of oh god that's so painful i have a story uh, like one sixth of the t how terrible that was but i'm not going to share it because it doesn't surmount or doesn't even come close to yours but i want to unpack that a little bit uh, could yeah. you share with us what are some key takeaways that you learned from that experience? Well, it's going to be one of the number one things that 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 I uh, I teach, and that's the basis of my program is the four key components that make you successful in the commercial roofing space. And these are the four things, and they're very simple. And once you dial in, and you learn them. The jobs are yours to lose, and you'll always be successful at what you're doing. One is know your client. Got to know your client. Got to know what they want. Got to know how to resolve their issue. Two is very big to what happened to me at this hotel. Know your craft. You really need to know what in the heck you're doing up on that roof, your specifications, how it needs to be done. And yeah, we're going to have listeners that say, okay, that tastes great when you say it, but how do I do that? I've never done it before. Connect with like-minded individuals that know their craft, that actually have a heart and a passion to see you succeed. Doesn't have to be me, the other contractors in, in the industry. There's a lot of them. And get with people so that you can learn, get with distribution, get with manufacturing and learn it. The other thing is set expectations with your clients. This is commercial. We're not pencil whipping residential roofs. You put the wrong uh, color roof on a residential house, what happens? Slap on the wrist, you still stay in business, you change it out. You mess up on a commercial job, it could be your last. 
And then how do we prevent all that from happening? Slow down. So know your client, know your craft, set expectations and slow down. Man, that's deep right there, brother. You know, this has been a blast. If somebody's interested in learning more and connecting with you directly about how you can help them in their business, generate more revenue and, and, and have a new stream of income, how can they reach out to you, Jonathan? Yeah, so you can go to roofershelpingroofers.net. That's www.roofershelpingroofersalloneword.net. You can find me on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, and send me a direct message. Uh, and somebody from our team will get back to you. Bro, this has been fun. Look forward to talking with you in the future. Take care, man. Take care, Jonathan. Peace.